Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. It's all about Storm Debbie today. Uh, I hope you're safe, well, and dry after what was a pretty, you know, stormy night. Uh, it was quite bad where I was, but grand this morning. I came into work. T- town was a bit of a ghost town. It was quite quiet. Thankfully, public transport is back up and running. I know a lot of parents, uh, including in my own family, were waiting for the green light to send their kids to school. But it does seem like we are back up and running. But one thing that I've been fascinated by, primarily because I'm a bit of a nerd, uh, but also because I'm just genuinely curious about how these things work, is what goes into the operation run by MetAaron and the Emergency Coordination Group when it comes to triggering a red warning, uh, weather warning. Jerry Murphy is the meteorologist and weather forecaster with MetAaron and he's with me now. Jerry, good afternoon. Hi, Jess. Good afternoon. Uh, can you just tell me a little bit about what goes into making that call for a red weather warning? Um, well, what, it all depends on the forecast and what the our meteorological um, numerical weather prediction models are indicating to us. Now, in this instance, um, this storm depression wasn't expected to be as deep by at around Friday and Saturday, early Saturday. And then the meteorological models started basically predicting that it was going to be much, much deeper as it moved up across the country. So therefore, on Saturday, we issued an advisory. And then once we get a few runs of the model, which are consistent and showing um, potentially very significant winds, very significant flooding, we then look at their criteria and see where those predictions fit with those criteria. So the criteria for a yellow warning is winds up to 110 kilometres per hour, then for orange between 110 and up to 130 kilometres per hour, and then uh, over 130 kilometres per hour for a red. So once the numerical weather prediction models start showing the potential for those very extreme winds, and we we look at... um, we look at them over a number of hours. We get inf- information comes in from the models every three hours. And if there's a consistency over a few of the runs, then the the more confidence we have that it's potentially a very damaging storm, then we we have briefings, regular briefings with the National Centre for Emergency Coordinator, the uh, NDFCM. And um, so Meher makes the decisions with the weather warning and then the National Centre for Coordination of Emergency Management makes the decisions with the actions to take associated with that. And has the accuracy of the models that are coming into you guys every three hours, have they improved in recent years because of the tech at your disposal? So whether that is, you know, the the, the sensors or the predictions or I suppose looking at previous trends and, and making those prediction models that bit more accurate? Well, overall, they they have and in general, um, the, year on year, the, the accuracy increases. And the most significant, um, in the longer term, for longer term forecasting, basically the, the with lots of research and improved computer power uh, for forecasting, it's an average of um, one day per 10 years of research and advancement in, in, in research and tech, which means that means that at the moment, a forecast that is accurate for five days ahead 20 years ago would have been only accurate for three days ahead. 
So, so that's and the in the in the terms of time. Now, in terms of shorter range, one of the main advances that has been is in the resolution of the models. Now, when the computers are forecasting the um, predicted weather. It, they do that in blocks and cubes, and those. So you predict the weather for a certain cube, and it used to be something like we say ten kilometers per hour. And some of the global models are even further out, 12, 15 kilometers per hour. And then you stack all the cubes on top of each other and horizontally, and that's why you need all the computer power because you need it to cover such a wide area. But in more recent years, our Harmony model now covers a resolution of 2.5 kilometers, which means it can predict down to a level of 2.5 kilometers in terms of um, location, which is very accurate. Now, we have what we call an ensemble system. And what that means is that we use different initial conditions for the prediction of the weather. And we have a, a, a range of runs of the model taking in slightly different initial conditions and they give us probabilities of the events that occur and with those probabilities then we get an indication of the potential of the winds and then obviously we make decisions then on the level of the warning. Yeah, again, I get so excited hearing about all the work that goes on behind the scenes and the level of data that comes in and the processing that goes on. But then the average person just goes online and sees the graphics that are produced, whether that is, you know, the short video of projecting where the rainfall is going to go or the the heat maps that show the different weather warnings. How do you decide and how do you decipher what should go out to the public so you're not bombarding them with complex equations that your team are probably doing in the background and they just get the information that they need? Well, that that's part of the the whole process. That's one of the reasons why the the storms have been named, and one of the reasons why um, we have introduced them um, around 2015. The the whole concept of red, orange, yellow, orange, and red warnings to simplify the communication of the forecast for the general public, so that um, basically by looking at the colour of the warnings and being aware of the the wind speed associated with that warning and being aware of the potential impacts of a warning like that. So for an, a yellow level warning, it's considered to be above and beyond normal weather, but it's only likely to cause a disruption at a localised level. Whereas with an orange warning, people need to be uh, much more prepared for the whole general area, like a county. And then a red warning is potentially very damaging. Now, in this instance, the actual wind speeds recorded did not reach the, the red level, but certainly because the storm track was coming right over the country, the potential for those winds certainly was there. And even as it is in a number of places, there was quite a lot of trees down in power outage. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there are uh, people around the country still picking up the pieces and trying to, I suppose, regroup after that. But uh, hopefully that the, the worst of it is gone. Uh, Jerry Murphy, meteorologist and weather forecaster with Medair. And thank you so much uh, for joining us here on News Talk. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.